Hey everybody, welcome back. It is the final week of Scumdog September. And we're excited to get into it. This is the post-Brocky years, the beginning of Blothar. Fuck yes. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> could you tell we've been hanging out for like an hour and just fucking off for like an at least an hour? And we're like, I guess we should yeah. record. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, let's get into it. So like Kevin mentioned, uh, we are in the last week of Scumdog September. We're talking Gore, the Brocky, the post-Brocky era. Uh, so that's covering two albums, 2017's uh, The Blood of Gods and 2022's The New Dark Ages. Um, Kevin, before we get started, I guess we should talk about where we're at. Um, I know we, we discussed uh, at the end of last episode of everything that, that was kind of surrounding um, Dave Brocky's death. So, um, yeah, if you want to talk a little bit about that before we, we get started. Uh, yeah, I mean, the death of David Rocky was a huge blow to the community. I remember the day it happened. I texted, um, I don't know who texted who first, either my brother Jason texted me or I texted him. Uh, maybe it was like at the same time, but, um, yeah, it was tough, man. And, uh, there was a whole lot of shit going around, like maybe, you know, is Gore done, whatever. Um, like I talked about it last week, where they did at the barbecue or barbecue that that next year, they did a, a Viking funeral for Odorous's costume. They pushed him out in the middle of the lake, shot a flaming arrow into it. Um, that also opened up the Guar Bar. Um, I don't know if it was that year, the year before, um, with just a bar with a bunch of Guar memorabilia. So um, I don't know. It was it was unsure times for Guar. I know it hit me hard. It definitely hit my brother Jason hard. Um, it's because. Brocky just seemed like one of those people that was immortal and uh, didn't seem like Guar would be Guar without him because, like I said last week, too, he was the only, like, original member that stayed there the entire duration of the band, uh, you know, 20-plus years of Guar. And uh, it was it was, it was was uncertain whether they could continue or not. And in that documentary, Michael Bishop talks about when when they're talking about Rocky's death. He talked about how he knew he could heal the band. And so he knew he needed to come back, you know, as the original beefcake, as somebody who'd been in and out of the band and somebody who knew what Guar was from its, you know, very larval stages. He was the, I think, maybe the only person that could have come back and led this band to the two albums that they made since his death they took like a four-year hiatus just to kind of figure shit out and to grieve and to figure out what guar was going to be but I, I you know props to michael bishop for one knowing that he could be kind of like the spiritual leader of this this group um but also 
knowing that having someone with his credibility, you know, being an original member, coming back to lead the band, it wouldn't, it, would, it wouldn't have worked. I don't think if they found somebody else, like another lead singer who had never been in Guar, I don't think it would have worked. But when I heard it was Bishop coming back to play Blothar, I was like, oh fuck yeah, I'm in. It's 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 it was just immediately like, okay, dope. It, this is this is this feels right. So he not only could heal the band, but he could heal the fans as well. Yeah, so. it, it makes perfect sense. And I don't think, um, especially in the first album, I don't think we lose a whole lot of the the Guar charm at all. No, no, not at all. I think it's it's different for sure, but it's definitely still Guar. And we've talked about that before when they flip genres. Um they do completely different weird off the wall shit, but it always has, it always feels like war and this still feels like war. And I think the fact that they've, they do let a lot of the band members have vocals on tracks before. Like Michael Bishop has done vocal tracks before. So it's not like it's something, somebody we've never heard. And uh, so we're kind of used to that sound. It's just now that's what we're going to hear the most of. And we don't have, you know, the weirdness of Brocky. It's just, you know, it's it's different, but it's still war. They're still the scum dogs, and they always will be. Yeah, it feels, and I don't want to say it's it's uh, it's more tame. I just think it's less unhinged. But it, it, I think Brocky was so off the wall that like, even in the the context of war, like there's no way you're ever going to be able to match that. It, it was yeah. untouchable. Um, so yeah. Uh, we got one audience submission, uh, which is a, a duplicate of what we're going to talk about today. Uh, Louis Curran, back from the dead, says, fuck this place. Do you yep. have his email? Uh, I do. He's, his, his email is titled, Absence Makes the Heart Grow Fonder. I'm back just in time for the last playlist in this month of Guar. My pick for this one is Fuck This Place. First time I heard this track was closing up shop at my former job after an exceptionally busy shift and nothing hit the spot better. It was an instant banger and one of those songs you just crank up to 11 with no regard for who was listening because fuck this place. We can, who can't relate to being somewhere you just absolutely loathe. Keep it up fellas, Louis, Lord of Trash. It was good to hear from Louis again. Yeah, I thought he was dead. But so <laughs> yeah, he he's been a busy guy. Um yeah. So uh, we appreciate him uh, coming back and, and uh, dipping his toes back into Gwar because I know he's a fan of Gwar, so it was nice to to hear from him. Um, you want to just hop right into Blood of Gods? Yeah, let's do it. Let's. Why waste time? Yeah, we've made it this far. Uh, so the Blood of Gwar, the Blood of Gods uh, from 2017. <laughs> Hey, yo, we got the blood of gods here. <laughs> I can't believe they didn't put uh, the blood of G-W-A-R-D-S. They really miss... Gwards. Yeah, they really miss uh, an opportunity there. Maybe. That's kind of cheesy. <laughs> More than a gore barbecue? The gore puns have been yeah. everywhere. Um, <laughs> the Blood of Gods is the 14th album by Gore. It was released on October 20th, 2017 by Metal Blade Records. It's the band's first album without founding member Dave Brocky, which we've talked about ad nauseum. Uh, and he was obviously Odor Sarungus. Um, he had a heroin overdose, which we may or may not have mentioned. I don't think it really um, 
you know, it, it's neither here nor there. We're not going to harp on it too much. Uh, the album is also the first to feature Michael Bishop since 1999's We Kill Everything, which we've also talked about already. And uh, he's portraying the newest leader, uh, Blothar the Berserker, as opposed to his original role as Beefcake the Mighty. I think Beefcake is still in the band as a different yeah. member. So it, it kind of makes sense to just bring back Michael Bishop in a new role and a new leader. I I liked how they did that. Uh, so I got a little quote here. Uh, the Blood of Gods is the first gore album without the the band's fallen leader, Odor Sarungus. The title of the album refers to the loss of Odorous and the struggles and tri- triumphs that produced the new sound of the band. Born of adversity, the blood of gods is a sonic scar, a question asked and answered. Death cannot kill war, nothing can. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty succinct and well written summary. Yes. I loved it. When I read it, I, I think I found it on their Wikipedia of all places, but I was like, copy, paste, I'm gonna use that one for later. <laughs> uh <laughs> So this album, uh, The Blood of Gods, charted on the Billboard U.S. Independent Albums at number 12. Fuck yeah. It charted Billboard U.S. Top Hard Rock at 13 and the Billboard U.S. Top Rock Albums at 45. So charted fairly well for um, what you would imagine there would be a lot of people jumping ship for. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense sonically. I mean, this is just a much more accessible version of Guar. Like... This whole out al- these both of these albums are more accessible. They 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 still they still rape, they still maim, they still kill, but it's not as lore heavy. Um, the sound is much more accessible. It's just this is just good hard rock, good like heavy metal hard rock, and uh, yeah, people can actually listen to Gwar now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not as alienating as it used to be, and I think that's something I really enjoy out of it. So um... yeah. You want to just hop in? Let's let's go Viking Death Machine. Yep. It's, it's my first track um, from The Blood of Gods. And I think I picked it mostly because of that bass intro. Uh, yeah. I, I'm very, uh, especially with Gwarm, we're tackling a lot of albums. I could tell almost immediately if, if a song was like going to be my speed or not. And I kind of lemon lawed a lot of them, which is my fault. Like, <laughs> I still yeah. enjoyed these albums, but I lemon lawed the shit out of them. And uh, yeah. that bass intro, I was addicted. Uh, I love the new direction. New Gore is fucking fun. A little less cerebral, which I think I like. Yeah, um, me but too. It's, it's still Gore. Um, and I think sometimes Dave Brocky like outsmarted himself and was yeah. trying to do too much. And I think when it's simplified, Gore can be really fun. And this like straight up rock and roll era is fucking cool to me because it's. We've kind of gotten touches of it where we had the the punk war that was kind of transitioning out of punk and like we kind of got that with, with like this Toilet Earth and Scum Dogs, but not really. Um, but Blothar's vocals are refreshing. It really fits this new sound, um, and we get a guitar solo from two forty five, uh, leading back in with Oi, 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 and that chant yeah. is just fucking incredible. Uh, it makes you feel like a Viking, and. I guess it made me like Google on Amazon or Google on Amazon. It made me type in the search <laughs> engine on Amazon, like Viking outfits. Cause I feel like we're, yeah. we're almost there. 
We're so close to just LARPing Vikings. Uh, we're going back to episode five where you're Googling hats. This made me want to Google hats. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, no, you'd be forgiven if you thought this was like a clutch song or a Queens of the Stone Age song based on an intro because that's what it sounds like. It's, yeah. it's, it's heavy metal, hard rock. That's what they're doing now. You know, after a decade of metal, uh, the death of Odorous and a long hiatus, it's natural that they would take a, a different direction with Blothar. It just makes sense. You can't recreate Baraki. You can't recreate Odorous. So, I, you know, Michael Bishop has a PhD in music. He's he's not a dummy. He, you know, he's going to, he, he knows how to make things work. And I think that's why he was, another reason why he was a perfect choice for this to, to, to take on this role. Also, before we get too far into this, Blothar's costume is the best costume. Oh, it's it's it, incredible. It, it fucking rocks, dude. The big fucking elk antlers coming out from his back and his, his fucking big-ass beard popping out through the mask. It's awesome. Uh, anyway, yeah, this is just... It's classic 80s heavy metal, and it fits perfectly with the story of Blothar being, like, a prolific death chariot racer. <laughs> <laughs> that's what this is about it's just kind of like what he was doing before he was the <laughs> the leader of the, the scum dogs now it's uh it's great the, the vocals are really good and really on this track and for all of mike bishop's uh blothar's vocals are just really cool and like you said they're refreshing i think that's the the probably the best word for it because again, you couldn't do the same thing. You had to do something different. As long as the spirit is still there, it, do, it really doesn't matter. You know, as long as you're not doing trying to emulate something else, which is something Guar would never do, uh, unless they're unless they're doing covers. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like artistically, they would never try to be a carbon copy of something else because they are still uniquely themselves. And there's something so nice about having the new lead singer be a guy that's easily three bills like he's a big oh, yeah. gargantuan man and that just he really fits the the look that you would imagine especially Gwar getting older like his look is gonna <laughs> is he's gonna look exactly the same for for the next 10 20 years yeah well we'll see if his health holds up but uh i mean he's 54 yeah when they release the album this year so yeah anyway yeah, no, he looks fucking awesome on stage. He's not, like I talked about it last week, he's not super energetic on stage, um, but his presence is still, because he's so massive, Like, and they usually play on smaller stages. He, he's just, and his costume is massive. He just, he he commands the room and he commands the stage when he's up there. So perfect, perfect front man for, for this band. Uh, yeah, love this track, man. I just, like I said, it, it, sonically, there's not a whole lot of weird shit going on. So it almost feels like we're not going to talk about the music as much but it's really great yeah. it's just most of it's just just classic metal man and i love it um, I, I almost picked the opening track to this album but it's like seven minutes long but yeah. it is it's definitely worth listening to if we had an honorable mention for this playlist that would be one of them yeah this whole album is amazing I, i've had it on heavy repeat since i don't know uh since it came out basically so yeah um so, you ready to move on to my first pick? Let's do it. Uh, fuck this place. Uh, Louie already talked about it a little bit. Um, I had to put it on here. It's it's in my top five favorite Guar songs of all time. It's from second one 
because this was the first new Guar I had heard in years. Because, I mean, you got to remember, I stopped really kind of listening to them basically from 1999 on. I hadn't really listened to a whole lot of Guar. And then all of a sudden on my release radar, I saw, because I knew Brocky was dead. I didn't know they were working on new stuff. I'd kind of just assumed that they were done. And all of a sudden I see new Guar on my release radar. I'm like, what the f- fuck no way so i popped it on and then i heard it i'm like holy shit this is this is awesome like it actually it was so much different than the guar i was used to and so it will ever forever stick in my mind as like this really cool experience really cool day in like my musical journey because like i said i thought the band was dead i didn't i I just kind of stopped paying attention because i wasn't i didn't think anything was going to happen and you know, all of a sudden, one of my favorite bands of all time is making new music again, and I'm fucking over the moon. And it doesn't suck. That's that's the main thing. It's uh, it does it didn't suck. It actually is awesome. Um, but yeah, this song is it's a thumper, man. It's it's a song that is a fuck you to the human race. I mean, that's that's gouache shtick, right? That's what it is on the surface level. But below the surface, it's a fuck you to all the fans that didn't think, you know, Guar was going to make it and didn't make think, you know, Lothar was going to be a good direction for the band. They even like directly mention it uh, in the after the third verse where somebody in the background, I don't know who it is, actually says hashtag, hashtag Blothar ruined Guar. So this is this is a direct shot across the bow of everyone who doubted them after um, Brocky passed away, and they're like, "No, fuck you, Guar lives forever," and uh, I, I love it. It's um, it is it's also a song for the band to heal. It's their kind of goodbye to Brocky, their official like, "Hey, you know, fuck you, man." I, I the the uh, I always love the line, "Odorous, you left us stranded on this world of pus." <laughs> um. And in death, you have forsaken us. Uh, this planet fucking sucks. So we say, fuck this place. It's, again, it's them healing, them saying goodbye to Odorous, but also, like, this planet sucks without you, man. Like, nobody believes in us anymore. Fuck these guys. Like, you you, you damned us to, you know, being doubted when nobody doubted them before. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's multi-layered, but it's also, like, sonically just fucking great. The, that whatever that tone is in the intro is just really cool. And then there's the slowdown at the end where they just do the the refrain, fuck this place. It's just so good. This song is incredible. Yeah, I, I think I, I said before the show, I was singing Sick of You because fuck this place gives me like Sick of You vibes. Um, and it just feels like maybe an updated version of Sick of You. Um I don't remember what sick of you was about, but you know, fuck this place because of the people in it, because you're sick of the people in it. Like, I don't know. There's something there. Um, so I guess my original thought was like, Oh, you think you're off limits? You think because you're our fans, we're going to respect you. Fuck you. Um, not even the fans of Gwar are off limits. And I like the, the mentality the song has. It's like, you don't want to listen to us after Brocky, then fuck you. Like, yeah, we're better off without you. Um, we don't need you. That's that's a great perspective for people that put their blood, sweat, and tears into the band, and they're like, "I'm not gonna try to convince you to stay." You know, if you want to leave, leave, but that means you weren't you weren't as hard of a fan as you say you were. You know, that's right. Um, and I just I love that. I love the 
the mentality they have. It's always, it always feels like they're in the right. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure they're not always in the right, but at least they're, they're saying it with conviction. And I think it's probably the most like classic gore sounding. Like it sounds like it could be from the, the nineties era stuff we had. Um, and I think that's why everyone's drawn to it. It's, got millions of listens on on spotify so there's a reason for that yeah for sure um i had something to say and i forget what it was so move on okay so <laughs> i also I, closed out my notes accidentally uh okay, so i've actually i've got three tracks from the blood of gods kevin has three tracks from the dark ages um and so my second track from the blood of gods is uh crushed by the cross mm-hmm. um they can still hit the speed, Kev. I was I was doubting them. I was like, they're getting in their fifties. I don't know. Uh, and this song is almost like a pure punk track, and we get like a halftime breakdown at the one thirty five mark to really remind you, like, hey, punk is where we came from, and we can still do it really fucking well. Um, yeah. We get some falsetto background vocals that are like mimicking angels, fucking mm-hmm. clever and awesome. And uh, then when it comes back in at the three minute mark. Uh, so we we slow it down for almost half the song. When we come back full tilt boogie at three minutes, it doesn't let up for the rest of the song. And I, it's like, that's what a great way to organize a song. And I just thought this song was was really uh, well orchestrated. Yeah, I think that's what we talk. We've talked about that before too. They're just they're really good at constructing punk songs, like mm-hmm. making making adult punk. <laughs> so grown up punk is probably the better way to put it. But yeah, it's just like. The, when you, hit a, when you hit a halftime halfway through the song, it makes you like, mm, mm, you start headbanging. Yeah. And uh, yeah. then when you bring it back in, like you've got that like building up momentum and it like has you ready to rage. Like I, I haven't wanted to come out of Mosh Retirement in a long time and this song had me considering it for a few minutes. Fuck yeah. Then my lower back reminded me it wasn't a good idea. <laughs> um. Yeah, man, Pustulus gets a vocal track. Let's fucking go. Mm-hmm. And I've talked about it, again. I've talked about it a million different times this month. I love the fact that Guar lets their band members get full vocal tracks. It's not like they come in for a chorus or they're like backing vocals all the time. They get their own songs, which I think adds to the lore of these characters too, and it makes them more fun to follow and more fun. It makes you want to learn about them. You know what I mean? Do you, um, do you think that's like uh, a direct like? thing from the Beatles like when they were like hey we'll give George Harrison two songs on this album you know like <laughs> do you think it's like uh something like that or maybe like a Pustulus is like their Ringo where it's like it's not going to come out very often but Pustulus when he gets a song it's going to be cool no I think because I, with the Beatles I think it was they were all just towards the end they were going off in separate directions creatively so they're like I, I have a song I want to do it I think here it's like I think it's more of a group effort. It's like, this is a Pustulus song. Let's do a Pustulus song. It, whereas the Beatles, it was more of a fracturing element. Here, it's like, this is a cohesive element to the band. I think it's... Guar, Guar is, everybody gets their share. So, And I, I wonder if Pustulus wrote this song. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm sure he did. I mean, it, I just... I, like, I think that's the beauty of being an art collective, is it's collaborative at its heart. And nobody is bigger than the art collective, mm-hmm. you know. Even if Rocky sometimes felt like he was, and nobody, nobody was ever bigger than the art than than Guar. Yeah, and I think that's that's again part of the magic. So, 
Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's. Uh, you're right. This this track proceeds at the breakneckinest of speeds. Which, when I was writing my notes, I didn't get a red line under breakneckinest, which is wild. I <laughs> apparently that, that's a word. Um, yeah, there's an unbridled fury that comes through in the speed. Um, this song is about like hating the church and unorganized religion and again the speed and the and Pustulus's vocals make you kind of want to burn down a church Carpathian forest style you know what I mean it's mm -hmm. just like yeah fuck the church <laughs> let's go burn one down um yeah it's great I you know I just wrote down like during the live show uh Blothar actually plays bass on during the live show for this while uh Beefcake and Bone Snapper their bodyguard uh fight Father Bohab who tries to interrupt the show. Um, and in a callback to their earlier shows, the thing, one of the things that got them in trouble with like the morality police back in the early days was they sodomized the priest with a, um, with a cross. And they, now they, they do that again when they play this song live. So they, they finally beat father Bo have, and they sodomize him with his own crucifix. <laughs> so, um, just silly, silly guar boys. They, yeah. they, they, you know, they never learn their lesson because, they're going to do whatever the fuck they want. And I think that's a cool callback too. Like, again, just doing little things to keep, to let the old, old heads know, like, Hey, we're still war. We're still going to, we're going to do callbacks to shit that got us in trouble. Like, Hey, remember that? Yeah. Like, and, and it's, it, it's, it's not cool. as uh, intricate as like the Cardinal sin stuff, but I think no. it's a little bit more plain, plain spoken. And I kind of like that they aren't trying to like, make it more intricate like Brocky had a way with like making it so severe and like backwards that like you knew what he was doing but i like that they're kind of just attacking it head on like this song well, yeah doesn't pull punches and it's not being ironic or anything it's just straight up like fuck fuck this you know yeah yeah that's what a lot of this shit is i talk about that too later on um i kind of like them just like nah we're dropping the satire. It's just like, you guys are fucking assholes and you're going to hear about it from us. Um, I think too, like, cause Hunter Jackson's not involved with the band at this point anymore either. So with both Brocky and Hunter Jack Jackson, not involved, like that's a lot of the creative process for, for the, the concept of Guar. So um, not focusing as much on like concept albums and just doing, like having characters that they're playing and they're, they're still those characters, but they're just, they're just a band as those characters and they still have all the lore to back it up. So um, I don't know. It's just cool. It's, it's, it's a refreshing take. It's like I said, it's just more accessible. And I think it's exactly what the band needed mm -hmm. again, because if they did another concept album, like a really heavy concept album, it would have, it would have felt like they were trying maybe too hard to, to recapture what was there before. I think mm -hmm. it's just, it's just super smart the way they came back. Um, but yeah, uh, ready to move on. Yeah, let's do it. Speaking of bold fisted statements, uh, <laughs> we, put, we put them two in a row. Yeah. El, Pres El Presidente from, uh, the blood of gods. Um, Guar, Guar has killed every single pre like acting president on stage since their exception. They, they started with Reagan. They didn't stop at, at, uh, Ever. So uh, during this time, it was the it was the Trump administration and they brought they would bring old Donnie boy on during this song and they would uh, they would kill him. 
<laughs> so they would rip his guts out more 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 uh, succinctly. Uh, I, I they actually did this when I went to see them at New Year's Eve, which I think is. Uh, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of special that I got to see them on New Year's Eve in 2019. Um, they they did they saved this for midnight. Like they brought Donnie on stage, and then at the stroke of midnight is when they ripped him open, and he's had Donald Trump. Oh shit! Hit my mic. Uh, they had Donald Trump <laughs> bleed all over the crowd, and it was just it was a cool moment, man. It's like they saved this for that moment, like for the stroke of midnight, for the beginning of 2020. And uh, I don't know. It was just, it was, I was thinking about it as I took my notes. I was like, that was, it's kind of special. Like I didn't get to see Odorous, but I did get to see that, which is cool. You know, yeah, that was like the last concert you saw before the lockdown. Like that's, yeah, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. We were, we were locked down in our houses three months later. So yeah, it's great. Uh, but yeah, horns are back. Horns Where are the back fuck did that come day. from? Who knows? <laughs> They, they they understand how ska works. You get it once every ten years, and that's enough. I like you to know? think that the, it was like sitting around in the the warehouse that they work in. They were like, "Holy hell! You remember when we used horns?" And they were like, "Bring them back. <laughs> we'll find a place for them." Yeah, you guys remember Sadama Gogo from uh, like '93? <laughs> let's let's do that again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, the, this the, the the main reason I picked this song is because the chorus is incredible. Because one, every member gets a chance to take a shot at Trumpster. Two, it's almost show tune esque in the way it's delivered. Like this chorus, the it's it sounds like something ripped straight from like Nightmare Before Christmas. Like it's very show tuney. Yeah, and I think that's it's super cool. Like I because you can you could headbang to it, but it's like oh, this could be on Broadway. Yeah. And uh, just like a really creepy like Broadway show, um, it it feels very much it feels conversational like that. Like I say, again, the meter is very conversational and very show tuny. And uh, yeah, three like like we just talked about, Guar has dropped the overt or the covert satire and is just going balls to the walls. Uh, Blothar closes out the chorus with, "You will serve them no more, El Presidente and his whore." I mean. <laughs> Trump and Melania. Uh, Melania catches strays. El Presidente and his whore. They will die by my sword. All will bow. Um, it's a great track, just laden with shots at Trump. Even calling him El Presidente seems to be a shot at how he treated Mexican people during his xenophobic like uh, time in office. Like, I think that, again, just... Just those little, just barbs, just just eviscerating this dude, um, and of course, you know, accompanied by the visual of them ripping his guts out on stage. It, there's there's no subtlety here. No, they dropped it. Like... <laughs> and especially after the last track, I was like, damn, they are not pulling any punches. They have mm-hmm. they've thrown caution to the wind, and just going after two of the biggest things you can go after after and. United States is like organized religion and the president. So they're, I feel like they were making a statement like we're going to go after our fans, organized religion, president, literally everyone is in our way and we're coming after them. Um, but it felt like it was in their wheelhouse. I like the call and response between the two vocalists. And I think that's mm-hmm. why it felt conversational or maybe show toony. Well, there's four, there's four vocalists in the chorus. Oh. There's four of them. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, Beefcake. Uh, well, they don't do four vocals live. Uh, they do Beefcake, uh, Pustulus, uh, Jizmac. No, five, because five, uh, Ballsack gets a shot in and then Blothar closes it out. So, yeah, the whole band, like, he gets a shot in. Like, everybody that plays an instrument is in that chorus. It's awesome. Yeah, it it almost reminded me of, uh, was it Fat Lip by uh, Sum 41, where everyone's, everyone's like, <laughs> chiming in? Um, That's the last song I expected to be referenced this week. But, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. I get uh, what you're saying. <laughs> But it, I always, it almost felt like they were hyping each other up. And yeah. the more someone said, like, it felt like they were like, oh, you do this, I'll do this. And, you know, yeah, and, each, each insult got worse and worse. Yes. And as a fellow hype man, I completely get that. Like, if Tommy were here right now and he was giggling, he could convince me to do just about anything, I think. Yep. Yep. 100%. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a, it was a fun song. And especially after the last couple weeks where we've gone after presidents and Sadama Gogo and it was nice to like I don't know get an updated version I guess yeah <laughs> um so my third track our last uh song from the blood of gods is if you want blood princes you got it I don't know why I'm struggling with b words today <laughs> I don't know <laughs> is it the word blood if you want blood you got it um the the little guitar intro reminds me of School of Rock, and mm-hmm. I listen to them back to back, and it doesn't sound the same, but it makes me feel the same way. So take that analogy for what it is. Uh, it's just pure rock and roll. It makes people want to shout along, and it's everything that's great about music. Uh, the fact that Kevin had to tell me that it was a cover tells you just about anything you need to know. They crushed this, and they made it their own. And they took a song that was 38 years old at this point and gave it like a fresh new face. And it's my favorite song on this playlist by a mile. It's definitely, if I looked at my on repeat, it's probably in the top five right now, just based on how much I've listened to it this week. Yeah. Yeah. I've listened to it like three times today. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, suck it, ACDC. This is Guar's song now. Uh, they fully Johnny Cash this shit. They, they stole a song from the original artist. Uh, and because it just has so many, so much more balls. Like mm-hmm. I list, I went back and I listened to the original ACDC version and it just sounds really shallow. This has depth to it. There's depth. It could just be recording techniques have gotten much better, but I don't think so. I think this is just a song that Guar should have done. You know, it's it feels it feels very much in their wheelhouse. It feels very right for this album. It feels like a good way to close this album. Um, yeah, man, it's just it just goes to prove that Guar is a master of genre and they're in a master of eras. They can do whatever the fuck they want as long as it's within that very very broad rock and metal umbrella they can they can do it mm-hmm. and uh they could do it is as good if not better than the the people who are popular in those genres at the time like this is better than acdc ever could do it so and <laughs> and I, I guess i was just kind of caught off guard like they don't cover a lot of songs no not really uh they did the whole thing with i forget it was like av underground where they would go and cover a random song every year uh, which it, that's actually a really cool thing. I don't know if they still do it, but they every year AV Underground would invite would have like a list of songs bands would cover, and as soon as a band covered a song from that list, they would mark it off the list. So the later a band went in, the shittier the song they got, basically. Yeah. And Guard Guard did it like five or six years in a row, and um, 
I actually just watched uh, the last one Brocky did where it was get into my car. And it's awesome. Uh, so they, they, they know how to do covers because that get into my car cover is incredible. But yeah, no, not on albums. They don't do a lot of, I don't know if they've ever done one to my knowledge. I mean, they, they made a reference to Kiss with Lust and Space cover, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. Off the top of my head, I can't think of another. But, but they should have because they're fucking great at it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, fuck you, ACDC. You're the most average band that's ever existed. <laughs> I fucking I, the, the fact that people listen to ACDC and that's the only band they listen to drives me up the fucking wall, dude. I mean, yeah. how many how many years can WEBN play ACDC every other song and still survive? It's it's it's, it's mind boggling to me. There's so much better music out there than they're good, but it's like it's come on. it's not worthy of being on the radio that much. But it's it, power it's, it's it's, it's power the, the Nickelback of 80s and 70s rock. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. It's the most radio-friendly uh, shit they could find. Yeah, well, and they did. They uh, so an interesting live tidbit for this song is they intentionally like debuted this song on tour to line up with the 2016 president like, election season. And when they first started playing it, they had Hillary and Trump come on and uh, fight each other during this <laughs> song. <laughs> And Guar ended up killing them both by the end of the song. And I, I saw a quote where, like, Blowthrower would be like, oh, well, this is problematic. Like, <laughs> and then, you know, they they also, they closed their set at 2007 Warped Tour with this Yeah, song. 2017. 17, yeah, that's what I meant. I think the um, last yeah, Warped Tour ever. Yeah, it's just wild. You and I talked about that a little bit today. It's just like, I wonder how many people were just so wildly confused by Guar being at Warped Tour. Which, Imagine but, being it, at Warped Tour all day and you get to like six or seven o'clock and someone's spraying warm blood in your face. I'd be so fucking <laughs> mad. They no, no, no. That, a, shit that shit ain't warm. That shit is cold as shit. Really? It's, <laughs> it's cold, yeah. Okay, well, I'd welcome it then. Yeah, it's it's actually kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, that's The Blood of Gods from 2017. Uh, we spent a little bit more time with it than we have most albums, but that's because we have less albums to work with this week. Yep. Let's talk about the dark, the new Dark Ages from 2022, uh, released very recently on uh, June 3rd, 2022, on Slave Pit Records, which is a new record label. It's uh, yep. I think it's their record label. It and, would have to be, I would think. Uh, it's kind of cool to kind of get them out on their own. It only took 15 albums for them to strike out on their own. But um, yeah. <laughs> uh, the new Dark Ages album concept is tied to a companion graphic novel, Gore in the Duoverse of Absurdity, in which the band are sucked off into an alternate universe to do battle with their evil twins and the specter of rogue technology. Hmm, I wonder what they're making fun of there. Hmm. Mar- Marvel, perhaps? Yes. <laughs> That's just what we needed, another multiverse. Yeah. Um, I'm, that's another story for another day, but I fucking am so sick of Marvel movies. <laughs> uh, you want to go with your first song? Yeah, sure. My first song is Blood Libel. Uh, it's safe to say Mike Bishop hates organized religion, or just this ba- this the current iteration of the band hates organized religion. Uh, this song is a war mar- march against the Catholic Church and their rapey priests. 
And I mean that both literally and figuratively. Like, this sounds like something the armies of Guar, like the scum dogs, would march to. They would march on the Vatican while playing this song. It's got that very, like, that. It's just very, like, it just sounds like an approaching army. And uh, there's, like, there's a there's an anger in Belothar's voice in this song. And he really, he sings his ass off in this song. And I, I, I really appreciate it for that. Like, even in the chorus where it's like, this is blood, blood libel. It's like, it's, there's, there's anger in this song. And uh, I don't know. It's, I, I'm so glad I didn't buy into the hashtag Blothar ruined Guar because I would have missed out on some really cool shit. And uh, this song is one of, I, I've listened to the song quite a bit since they hit the album released. So. Yeah. It, it feels like we were back into the heaviness. Like mm-hmm. last week was like, this is what Gore could do. And now we're kind of back into like Gore lore. It was like they kind of dipped their toes in before they really jumped back into the Gore lore. Um, and get to, to get back into heaviness, which is cool. And as much as I love the Blood of Gods, it felt good to have like a heavy track again. Uh, I don't think it's as tightly sounding or produced as the the metal that we talked about last week. But the vocals are different enough, and I think the vocals are a real standout in the song, kind of like you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, it has really strong new metal vibes, where they're like, um, yeah. The last verse is just so chaotic. Uh, I quoted it: three o'clock in the morning, let the orgy begin. Let's order cheese pizza for all our fucked up friends." And then it goes back in on the church. Yep. Uh, and I think Blothar has some unresolved hate towards the church. Um, might might consider seeing a therapist but <laughs> if not just make another album we'll we'll listen yeah, to it music is his therapy yeah <laughs> uh but yeah i i thought this song was really fun uh, it wasn't my favorite from the album but i i thought there was enough there to be like fuck yes this is it's cool yeah this this album is not as good as the blood of gods mm-hmm. as it just straight up it's still really good but it's not as good which is, you know, they're striking out. It's their first indie album, so yeah, you know, it's it's going to be some. They they got a lot more stress now. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so my first pick from the the new Dark Ages is Berserker Mode, and let me just say, sheesh, that's sheesh. The crunchy <laughs> guitars are here to play. Um, the song lyrics seem like they're they're playing back into the war lore, which I really enjoy. I feel like that's. I feel like when they do like war lore songs they're not as focused on the lyrics because the lyrics kind of figure themselves out and they really tighten up their sound this has like a really tight sound and um there was an instrumental break at 245 that was really clutch and i don't know this song berserker mode is appropriate because i've got a lot of new songs to add to my playlist to work out to <laughs> yeah I- i'm shocked you didn't mention that fucking drum fill to, be- to open the song it's fucking wicked, dude. Like, just inject that straight into my veins, dude. Just get me hard and shoot it straight into the tip of my head. <laughs> and like, uh, yeah, like I said, Lemon Law, if I hear something in the first 10 seconds, I'm like, okay, all right, yeah. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, I like, I love that we have like two brand new characters to like dive into their backstory for. Cause this, this song is just, Blothar's origin as a berserker. He's just explaining who it's basically his his character profile. That's what this song is. It's like I'm a berserker. Uh, you know, 
I, I get really angry. <laughs> it's it, but you know, it, it's just his backstory and, uh, it's almost mega death esque, uh, in its delivery. Um, it's just a good jam. It's a, it's a really good jam about the coolest looking character in the band. And, you know, we got to establish who these people are because we don't know yet. It's like introducing a new character in season three of a really popular, or like season eight of a really popular show. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd love gotta, to get my get hands to on this graphic novel. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's incredible. Yeah. You want to get into track four? Uh, yeah, my fourth track is completely fucked. Not the track is not completely fucked. That's the name of it. Um, but yeah, no, the guitar tone in the intro and the chorus is really what made me pick this song. I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of what they, I think it's just really heavy, like wah pedal through some other effects, but I, I don't know what it is, but it, the tone is just so fucking good. It's like sex to my ears. I, it's, it's again, like you, as soon as I heard that, I was like, yep, this is it. This is the one I'm doing. This is one of my tracks. Um, yeah, it really is like hard rock and heavy metal really is the best of all worlds because it's 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 just it's so good. Everybody can listen to it if when it's done right. And it, it, it's but it's still good. It's still heavy enough for like real metal heads like me. But, you know, you can play it for your parents and they'll be like, oh, yeah, hey, this is good. I don't, I don't, I don't hate this. You know, it's just it, it's it's I don't know. I just I really love this sound. It, I don't know. There's just something. It's why I love bands like Clutch. I'll always love bands like Clutch because anybody can listen to it. Like my mom loves Clutch, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's stoner rock. And yeah. I feel like this is what Nickelback tries to achieve with their sound. And they just yes. like, never even get close. Because it's fake. Yeah. It's fake. I, and I, I mentioned that too. It's like, this is the rock that should be getting revived right now. Not stinky old butt rock. You know, it's just like. I don't know. There's a there's a key change at the end where it almost becomes like happy sounding, which is weird. But I like that. I always like that about like Iron Maiden and stuff. It's uh, their songs are not always like low down in the muck. Sometimes they can soar high and be on the wings of eagles, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. It's just it's uh, it's just really cool. Yeah. I, I, I just like this track. Nothing nothing other than I just really fucking like listening to it. <laughs> I got a, a quote from Michael Bishop about the song. You ready for it? I'm ready. This song opens with the line, you think it's easy being a god. I don't know if anybody really thinks it's easy being a god. It's like Solomon Burke. Some folks think I'm a millionaire. Who? Nobody thinks that. (laughs) But the gods seem to frequently have a lot of problems and a lot of issues. So Completely Fucked is kind of like part two of Fuck This Place, which was on the last album. But it's got a cool stoner rock feel to it, and it's fun. Yeah, exactly. Stay in your lane, baby. And I love that. <laughs> um, so we've been throwing around the, the F word a lot. So we might as well just round up my last pick with motherfucking liar from. Burn, burn, higher and higher. Oh, man. I, okay, I lied. This might be the one I listen to the most. It's I don't so, know. It's so good. It's so good. Um, oh, fuck yes, boy. This could be a Limp Biscuit B-side. And I think I, that's why I love it so much. It makes me feel the same way Break Stuff does. Yeah. It, it could easily be a corny-ass song. And if it was more sing along it definitely would be corny. 
but the opening chant is really the only time we get those gang vocals. Like if mm-hmm. they try to bring that back for every chorus and like take the instruments out and like everyone sang along, that would be fucking awful. But that's not what they did. They brought that in to catch your attention and then the rest of the song, they never really returned to that. Um, besides some like gang vocals. And this is just a rocker. And I really hope when they do Woodstock 2029, they burn that motherfucking stage down and they let <laughs> Gore play. Uh, <laughs> that's just a, a quick aside. Did, have you watched that 1999 Woodstock? Not yet. Okay. No. Uh, watching Corn and Limp Bizkit's performance makes me want to do no, new metal again. I, I remember watching it live on TV, man. It was fucking wild. Oh my God. I had chills. I was like, this happened 30 years ago and I'm, I'm jacked. Cause corn, corn fucking brought the house down, dude. Their set was amazing. Yeah. And then they they would have done it on day two. They would have burnt the place down too. Yeah, for sure. The fact that they were day one was awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that kick, the, the kick and drum fill to end the song makes me want to run it back immediately. Like that's such a, God, that's just such a cool way for my last pick on the last album that we're going to talk about with Gore. It was like, ah, I'm done. That's the best I could yeah. do. That's the best pick I could have made. Right. Um, so, yeah, that, I loved it. Yeah, and I saw your note, and I got so mad when you called this a Limp Biscuit B-side because Limp Biscuit wishes they could have A-sides that sounded like this. <laughs> I get No, but I get what you're saying, though. Yeah, I, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I understand the, the note. Um, but who hurt Blothar? Poor guy. <laughs> Blothar's airing out some shit this, these couple albums. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I really like the less lore heavy Guar, though, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. this is just a song about hating liars. I fucking hate liars, too. It's my least, one of my least, it's, it might be my least favorite thing. You know, I always tell people, you ain't got to lie to kick it, man. Just be your fucking self. Like, I, I can tell when you're lying. It's just, or, you know, don't fucking. The cover up is always worse than the lie. It's just tell the fucking truth. Be honest. You know, it's just it's a good philosophy for life. And uh, yeah, no, I, I've already touched on my note here where like Brocky and Hunter Jackson were the ones that were the lore heavy guys. So for them to just to focus on a lot more tracks where it's not lore heavy, it's just them kind of getting their shit out in the world. And I don't know. I like it. It's again, it's accessible. It's 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 easier for someone like me who's rediscovering war again, like t- 10 years later to like just gobble this shit up. I don't feel like I have to go back and watch all the movies and, and read the graphic novels and watch their live sh- live performances to remember what this shit was about. I just, just like, yeah, I hate motherfucking liars too, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. Mr. Bishop, Dr. Bishop. Yeah. I, uh, I read an interview that he had said that this was kind of multi-layered and I think he might've given the song a little more meaning than it needed, but it was kind of like um, how quickly people are to just accept what they see and what they hear without ever fact checking it or even caring to like dig for the actual truth. And yeah, that's, I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. I think in like the third or the third verse, I kind of picked up on that too. I was like, maybe this is uh a statement on like the fake news era um, where everybody's opinion is more important than fact. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of, I picked that up too, reading the lyrics, um, which is fine. I mean, it, again, it's still not lore heavy. It's just a, a heavier statement than it probably needed to be, but um, I get it. Yeah. I think that's the statement they were trying to make. It's like, 
fucking this Twitter era where everybody, again, thinks their opinion is more worthwhile than fact, which yeah. is just, just, it's just objectively not true. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, I, again, it's just a, it's just a kick-ass track. It, yeah. it, it, who cares? Again, who cares about the fucking lyrics? It's fucking metal, man. <laughs> just listen to it. And, and You've written down more lyrics this month than I've ever seen you do. Yeah, and I was thinking about that too. I, I think it's because I wanted when we do deep dives, I, I it does it demands a little bit more than my normal way that I listen to music because we're not we're not just covering songs that I like. We're covering like the history and if we're gonna do a deep dive, you have to kind of do a deep dive. It can't just be about the music, it has to be about what's behind the music too. So because that gives it the proper context. So no, I, like I told you the other day, this is the first time I've like logged on, like <laughs> gone to Genius and actually tried to figure shit out since like episode seven. <laughs> it's like, and because I, I was like, yeah, fuck it, I just like music, man. I'm just going to talk about the music. Yeah. And if I pick up the meaning, then great. If not, fuck it. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So my my last pick of Scumdog September will will send her out on a a bit of a. I don't know, a down, I don't want to say a down note, but there's a very specific reason I picked this song. Um, it's Rise Again. Uh, we're going into Spooktober. I thought it appropriate to leave Gore with a haunting track about ghoulies. This is, it's, it's a very slow track. It doesn't really fit with their, this is the one song I've listened to of Gore that I was like, mm, this doesn't quite feel Guarish. But, the subject matter and it was a cool it was a it was still cool to hear because it was it was so very different um they have a guest on this they have a guest on this track as well uh this was a this was a hundred percent of vibe pick for me i was like I, i'm ready for october i was looking at halloween decorations yesterday uh thinking about decorating my office for halloween and shit and uh I was just, I'm ready for spooky shit. I'm ready for for Rob Zombie season. Hell yeah! <laughs> so, yeah, no, and the guitar the guitar work is still really good. Like especially in the uh, the instrumental break, like about halfway through the song. And I just want to be creeped out, man. That's all. Yeah, it's not a, it's it's a kind of forgettable song, but it had some creepy vibes to it. 100 percent a vibe pick. For me. Yeah, I f- I feel that 100. percent I read that this was a song about people rising from the dead from a Civil War grave. Which is terrifying to me, given that I just watched Haunting of Hill House, because uh, I'm in the spooky mood as well. And I got married in a Revolutionary War slash uh, Civil War cemetery. Um, and that kind of, I don't know. Looking back, maybe not the best move, if I believe in ghosts, <laughs> but I'm not sure I do. Um, the lyrics, time has opened more wounds than it heals, is such a great line uh, for a song that is like m- mostly forgettable sonically. And... I really like the feature. That's like three quarters of the way through the song. I think mm-hmm. it kind of just um, sends us out on the right note. And uh, I think it kind of shows us where they're, they could go. And it could be any direction. But I like songs like this that are kind of self-contained and tell a little story and makes you want to dig deeper. Yeah. So that's it. Scumdog September is over. Yes. Thanks but, everybody who's oh what? But but before we end it, we gotta do our top five gore albums. Oh yeah. Uh we we're just gonna do a quick ranking. We did it but we like organized it all before the show. Um so I was gonna I was just gonna go my number five, then you could go your number five and go back and forth until we're till we see where we're at. 
All right, sounds good. Um, so yeah, my number five is Blood of Gods from 2017. Uh, I thought it was I... fun. I thought it was easily a reminder of where they can go and where they are. And I thought it was a great album. I cheated for my number five because I picked two. I have a 5A and a 5A. Uh, so it's This Toilet Earth and Blood of Gods at five for me. Um, I think I, I had initially just had This Toilet Earth um, just because I really, really, really like that album. Um, but Blood of Gods needs to be in the top five. It's just for the fact that uh, it was the perfect way to return from what had happened to the band. I mean, two huge tragedies. Uh, they had to change their spiritual leader. Uh, yeah, it was just perfect. They did. They, they that blood of gods is a perfect return from hiatus. So it needed to be mentioned. Yeah. Um, my number four, violence has arrived from 2001 for very similar reasons. It was a return to form. It was a breath of fresh air. It was just appropriately needed at the time. And, I think it definitely is worthy of being in their top five. Yep. Uh, I agree. Uh, number four for me, though, is Ragnarok. Uh, again, I've, I've mentioned this before. This is the the album of theirs I've listened to the most uh, because I was, it came out in, what, 95, 96? Either 94 or 96. It was an even year. Either way, it was, it was when I was first starting to really kind of understand what music I liked. And this this album more than anything kind of helped shape the music I liked. Like I, well, I was listening to it at the time a lot of Faith No More, a lot of Ragnarok, a lot of uh, just shit like weird shit. So I think that's why I like weird shit yeah. <laughs> so much because I was listening to weird bands in like my very formative like music listening years. Um, Ragnarok so yeah, ninety five. Ninety five. Okay, so yeah, um, I would have been what seven eight years old yeah <laughs> so i obviously wasn't listening to it when i was eight but it was like in middle school like ragnarok is what i was listening to so because it was one of the more recent albums that had been released yeah i don't i don't think it registered much to me ragnarok yeah i mean that's it it's got meat sandwich like all this stuff i've i've shown you before we did mm-hmm. this comes from ragnarok yeah so. um my number three is scum dogs of the universe from 1990 I think it's that? one of their best, uh, but I like two others way more. But it that's, it's it's top tier. That's a surprise to me. I, I thought Scum Dogs would be your number one. Yeah, I really like uh, you know Surface Sin and a lot of stuff. But there there's two other albums that I think I I like top to bottom more. Interesting. Uh, number three for me is Violence Has Arrived again for the same reasons you mentioned. We came out of four really weird years um, into just. That, I mean, again, when I got to that that album in my deep dive, it blew my dick off. Like, I was just so fucking happy, like, to get just fucking good metal. It's just a good, solid metal album. Mm-hmm. With, you know, the Small Soldiers album cover. Yes. And that's <laughs> that's part of the reason. Yeah. Um, my number two is This Toilet Earth from 1994. Um, I don't know why. I couldn't tell you why, but when I listened to it, I was like, this is this is exactly what what Papa ordered. It's yeah, like it's when, a, that's it's a great album card too. It's yes, so good. it's like when you order a steak and you're like, "There's no way this steak's gonna come out the way I wanted to," and then it does, and you're like, "Damn, this shit slaps." So yeah. this toilet earth's my number two. 
Sick. Uh, number two is Scum Dogs for me. Uh, it's just I think top to bottom. If you're gonna if you want to explore early Guar, this is the best album to do it. I think. I think it's just got it's I, it. This Toilet Earth is really good, but I think Scum Dogs has more of like their recognizable hits from that era. Yeah, and I think that's why I, I put it above this Toilet Earth. Um, I, I don't know. It, it, Sick of You is really the reason. Yeah, yeah. Scum Dogs is, is number two. Yeah, Sick of You is just so goddamn good. Mm-hmm. So, um, you want to say our number one at the same time? Because I'm pretty sure it's the same thing. It's the same one. Okay, three, two, one. Lust in Space. Lust in Space. Yeah, yeah it's not time that perfect. It, um, it has to be. Lust it has in Space to be. is so good. And I, I, was, I just wasn't expecting an album that late in their career to be their best. You know, you would think it would be kind of upward and then kind of just slowly declining over time and that just kind of blew my mind listening to it the first time yeah i mean just even in the concept of that album it's out it happens intergalactically it doesn't happen on earth it's they go out into space and they're they're battling in space and it reminds me of friday the 13th when uh uh, jason goes to space (laughs) it's so stupid but it's so beautiful what is is that is that jason x where he's in space i think so yeah. Um, no, it's just it, conceptually. It's I think it's their boldest. I think it's their tightest album by far. That's um, again, Smoot produced. Uh, Smoot is my favorite lead guitarist of the band's ever had. Uh, just everything came together for that album to be just mwah, perfect mm-hmm. war. Yeah, I love it, and uh, I'm glad we agreed. Yeah, I think we had the same song, the same albums in our top five, just in a slightly different order. And you know, agreeing on number one makes me feel good. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, there it is, Scumdog September. Uh, let's talk about our songs of the show, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, <laughs> what? You want me to go first so we can get our argument out of the way? No, I, I I'm gonna read Benji's. That way, uh, okay. we can we could be bipartisan for a minute. Um. <laughs> Benji says Battle Sirens by Knife Party featuring Tom Morello. He was kind enough to send us an email. Uh, he says, Hey, yo, fellas. Almost feels weird to be talking to you about anything other than Majesty of Gore now, but I figure you guys will be able to cover plenty of ground on the last two albums. RIP to the scum dogs we left behind. Instead, I'm getting myself amped and trying to give Kevin a dose of FOMO for Lost Lands coming up this weekend. I'll be headbanging for days on end, and the one act I cannot wait to see is Knife Party, baby. They rarely <laughs> tour or do festivals at all, so I am hyped for their set this Saturday. My song of the show is Battle Sirens by Knife Party featuring Tom Morello. Had to pick one we hadn't we haven't had as a song of the show before, and I'm betting the show is gonna dip into a good bit of the weird one one offs like this. Ray John, Bass Face Engage, Benji Columbus Ohio. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, I don't know. This song, it's, it's classic knife party. The knife party always throws like you for loops. And I, I am very sad. I'm not going to get to see knife party because they are probably, they're a top three EDM act for me. Uh, I just, I love their shit and the song is fucking wild, but I love it about they're They're chaotic. That's what I love about knife party. Yeah. Speaking of chaotic, Benji has been on a festival bender, hasn't he? That's what he does. He's a he's a traveled man. Uh, yeah, he works. He, ben works so he can go to festivals. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to supply his habit. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
yeah, I, I like the song. I, I'm always a uh, hit or miss on on EDM. So to get one that I actually liked was cool. Yeah, it's very it's very dubstepy. Yeah, which I'm not a huge fan of most of the time, but. When Knife Party does it, it's just got a little bit of extra stank to it, so mm-hmm. it's usually okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can go ahead with your song of the show first. All right, so Dylan and I have already gotten into a fight about this song tonight. <laughs> um, but I I was just listening to my release radar, and my release radar is always fucking wild because I listen to weird shit. And a song called I Wish I Was a Horse by Rudy Ayub came on. It's A-Y-O-U-B, I think pretty sure i pronounced that correctly but if i didn't i'm sorry rudy uh and it's just that's not gonna be the meanest thing we do to you today rudy (laughs) sorry it's gonna be the meanest thing i do to you today because i like this song it's 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 just vibey it's a very campfirey song it's 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 literally what you described last week playing guitar and banging on a cooler that's what the instrumentation is for this song it's very very stupid it's a very stupid song but it made me giggle and that's all I need to like a song is if I don't hate listening to it and it makes me giggle, I'm going to like it. So um, sometimes I wish I was a horse, you know, what, 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 is, what a nice life that would be. This reminds me of when you go to like a, a campfire back in high school and the guy that like can't handle drugs does shrooms and he's like trying to do uh, like banging on the, uh, He's trying to bang and sing along with a song that doesn't make sense. And you're like, dude, shut the fuck up. That's what this <laughs> that's song what, is to me. That's exactly why I love it. It's <laughs> <laughs> 100% the reason I love it. It's so fucking dumb. It feels like a but, skit from I Think You Should Leave. <laughs> it does. Why that, that's why I don't understand why you don't like it. <laughs> I was just like not in the mood for it. When I heard it, I was like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I've I was just, I I've been I was digging struggling. I've been digging and and digging through like a lot of weird shit with Gore and then you throw out a song in the show called I Want to Be a Horse or I Wish I Was a Horse. <laughs> what a way to close up this month. <laughs> Fucking well, I asshole. Think I, I was struggling really. I was struggling with my song of the show today, and this came on and I just started to giggle and I'm like, yeah, this has got to. Be, I'm not even going to think about it anymore yeah. because this. Is, this is the first song from my release radar that wasn't like funk, which I love, um, or like that made me feel something. Yeah. So, and I, there, well, there was a new Clutch song, but I just did Clutch uh, last week or the week before. I can't remember. So I was like, yeah, this is funny. I'm, and I'm going to put it on here. I, I, I don't, I will never, I probably won't ever listen to the song again, but it made me giggle for uh, four minutes today. And that's all I care about for yeah. a song of the show. I'm with you. I'm with you. Even if I don't uh, like we it. Did, if you want to get a, a taste of what it sounds like sonically, but you don't want to take the risk of, you know, giggling at a song and having fun, Dill. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> just, <laughs> just imagine, think about <laughs> think about the. Uh, Do you hate the fun, non- listener? <laughs> uh just think about the the 90s commercial compilation commercial about for pure moods that's what this this sonically that's what this sounds this is a song that's playing on an infomercial when you wake up at 2 30 in the morning and you forget to turn the tv off yeah yeah it's awful um so my song of the show (laughs) 
Sleep <laughs> Sleepyhead by Harbor. Harbor is one of yeah. our friends. Uh, we had him on in the spring, and uh, they were talking about a lot of cool tours and, and things that they were coming up with. And this is their second single leading up to their new album. It's uh, produced by Will Carlson, and it is just so. It has so much more depth. I think the sound yeah. sounds so much deeper and clearer and crisper and i love their new sound man yeah it's very like 2010s indie rock is what it reminded me of um and i I love that i dig it uh and i this chorus is so goddamn good dude i was uh, on my second like my second time bringing it bringing it back i was already singing along with it and that's that's the sign of uh you know just good catchy rock and there's nothing wrong with that. And I, 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 you know, I think the stuff I've heard from their new album, I'm, I'm really, really dig. And I, I'm excited to get them back on the show and then talk to them about how the tour went, talk to them about the new album. And uh, yeah, I, uh, this new shit's really good. Yeah. Uh, I think the last 45 seconds might be my favorite 45 seconds from them. They kind of do like a, like a complete like song change. It's, Mm-hmm. It's almost like a, a bridge into a new song or something, but uh, I, I love it. Um, we actually might be going to see them. We haven't talked much more about it, but they're playing with Bill Murray in November. So yeah, I forgot about. It. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we need we we should we, like we said that. I mean, it's a show custom built for us. Yeah. So. Um. So yeah, follow us on social media. Off the beaten cliff at off the beaten cliff for Instagram. Our Twitter is at off cliff. Um, and join our Discord. We're going to have the link in the show notes. And if you want to send, send us an email, offthebeatenclef at gmail.com. Like we've been hinting at, we've got some things coming up. And uh, we got a couple deadlines coming up. So if you want to send us an email and uh, find out what that's all about, you can uh, hit us up on email or join the Discord, and we'll tell you all about it on there as well. So um, We've mentioned it a few times, so we're not going to be the dead horse. We've got merch coming up, and we'll tell you more about it when we know more. So, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we don't have it like set in stone. Do you want to just say it? You want to just say we're doing campfire playlist next week? Yeah, we're doing we're doing campfire. Okay, it's been the plan. For, it's been the plan for two months now. <laughs> I know, but what if we wanted to change our minds? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it. yeah. It, the weather's breaking literally tonight, so I'm really excited for for campfire playlist. So, uh, if you have suggestions, hit us up on the internet. We'll be posting about it, and uh, see y'all on the flippy flip. Bye.